0: My name is Jonas Fritsch. I am a Head of Design Research Section at the Digital Design Department. and I'm also Head of the Affective Interactions and Relations Lab, the AIR Lab, which is neatly situated in the atrium of ITU. And um, why am I here? Why am I passionate about the climate? Well, I'm passionate about passion <laughs> because basically what I do is a lot of research into IT and affect emotion and feelings. And actually that's how my engagement with the the climate related research started. It's actually, it's, it's a context that is filled with uncertainty, which is something that is felt in a, in a, in a very uh, palpable way by a lot of people. And it seems that we are living in this increasingly catastrophic time or a time of crisis. And basically what I started doing some years ago was to see how can I move my research to engage with these matters that are actually really present in our time. And I did that by Formulating a research agenda about working with uh, interaction design at what I call the ends of the world. And I know that sounds a bit like. Uh catastrophic but it is it is uh, to many people it's something that is really felt as as moving constantly over the tipping point and that's leading to a situation of of paralysis where you don't know what to do and how to to do it so basically i've been working with uh, interaction design and effective interaction design at the ends of the world and i talk about the end of nature end of uh, culture and end of the human and basically that's mapped onto uh, felix gasseris three ecologies Uh, the environmental, the mental, and the social. I think it's super important to really talk about this in an extended sense. If you want to talk about sustainability, for instance, you need to always think about the relation between the social, the mental, and the environmental. You can't just look at, uh, at, at green transitions without also seeing what are the kinds of social movements that need to happen, and what's the kind of mental toll that this situation takes on people. And i basically think that's what we try to do in the air lab we try to move our research into engaging with these three ecologies in a number of projects where we use technology to kind of create situations of climate awareness behavioral train uh, behavioral change Um, and we do that in the air lab we try to move our research to engage with situations that are in the midst of these three ecologies where you kind of want to use design to push people into situations where they can reflect on their relation to the climate, the climate awareness, where they change behavior um, and where we use technologies to facilitate new ways of being together with nature or each other in a more sustainable way of living. Some of the projects that I've been working on, I worked on these kinds of projects for many years. Actually, I remember the COP15 uh, meeting in uh, Copenhagen in 2009 where we did a lot of installations when I was working in Aarhus on creating. Climate awareness. We also had a climate confession booth where you could kind of confess your climate sins and then commit to a more sustainable future. But it seems that we're still we're still working with some of those foundational uh, things today, even though the stakes are getting higher and higher. It really is a question of changing behavior. And I think the reason why it's so so difficult is that it's we're changing behavior into something we don't know yet. That's why it's an existential crisis, as, as many colleagues have also talked about. It's not about notching yourself into taking the bike. That can be part of this, the, the, the thing you can do. But really, it's a way of rethinking a lot of basic things, uh, basic relations and basic attachments to the world. So right now we're doing projects, we've had an ongoing collaboration with an urban garden that's situated just uh, on the other side of Amarfel, right here next to ITU, where we've been doing work over the last couple of years with, um, with a range of people. Uh, we have, um, uh, they are working with social rehabilitation, like gardening as a form of social rehabilitation. But in fact, what's happening is that the social rehabilitation becomes something that creates more biodiversity, a greener environment so we've really tried to to understand what are the, the the potentials in that setting how can we use technology to to really let people experience the quality of life that is increased through this kind of social rehabilitation program. And it also does something really good, of course, to the homeless people that are engaged there. Um, so we think that's a super uh, interesting design setting. We created a sonic installation that lets you attune to the, the qualities of the place by zooming in on different kinds of sounds, the birds, the chickens, the plants, whatever. So you can kind of feel the, the, the small oasis that is there. And that's kind of the second part of that uh, collaboration, is to really understand the impact that such a biodiverse environment can have in Ørstad, for instance. Like It seems that it's still, even though we know it's so important to cultivate this kind of uh, environment, and these kinds of green environments, that it's still, important, it's still difficult for people to see the value in them, because it's difficult to produce data that is uh, about the quality of life in those kinds of areas. So what we've also tried to do is to see if we could cultivate the collection of what we call effective data and Use that data in collaboration with architects and city planners to actually have an impact on the the, the development uh, of the, of This uh, area. I think that's super important because right now you still get more value in a monitor since out of putting a parking lot in that kind of area rather than cultivating um the quality of life the experiences that people have there as a as a a more tangible way of a more sustainable way of living i think it's really important that itu also engages with these situations and also engages with its local environments and local communities and let the research become part of driving agendas that are also important for the particular environment in which we're situated we can't just be a a a building uh, that is not Placed anywhere, We need to engage with people and places and I think that's some of the stuff that I would like to g- contribute even more to. How can we move our research into engaging with the place in which we're situated and actually have an impact on the different kinds of agendas there towards a more sustainable way of living and a more tri-ecological lifestyle, if you will, in a Qatarian sense. So I think that's the main thing and I think we're uniquely... Uh, position to do so because we can actually bridge between all the different kinds of disciplines that we work on here. The one thing I definitely have learned over the past uh, 10 plus years of working with this is that it's not something that you can do alone, <laughs> it's something we need to do together. But another thing that I've really also learned by working with Buheon and other collaborators is that we're not in it together like in a consensus kind of way, we're in it together differently. We each have different dispositions and we need to find ways of bridging those towards a more shared agenda uh, for, for a more green transition or green life, if you will.